0: I want to call to your mind, ask you to call to your mind the question that I asked you at the end of the sermon last week. You say, Jake, it's not fair. It's been a long week, it's been a few days. Or, Jake, I wasn't here. But I still want to ask you to think about that question. How many of you remember that question at the end of the message last week? Raise your hand if you do. All right. Here it is, if, in case you don't remember or in case you weren't here. Will you faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God? Will you faithfully pray in faith to our faithful God? That's what I asked you. Some of you remember now that I've shared it again. Some of you may not have been here. It's okay. It's not too late to join in. You can faithfully pray in faith to a faithful God even now. The important thing is not that you remember the question that I asked you. The important thing is that you pray. You pray faithfully. You pray in faith, believing that God hears you and that he'll answer To the one true God who is faithful, always faithful to his people, to his promises. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on this question, but I do want to ask it so that you can answer in your own heart. How many of you have done that this week? How many of you have prayed, you don't have to raise your hands, we're good, we're good. We have self-righteous people in the front row, I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I know Nick and Megan have been praying this week because I've prayed, I prayed with Nick, so. Um, you don't have to raise your hands. If you want to, you can. Let's just go ahead and throw that out there. You can if you want to, that's fine. Um, how many of you have done that this week? How many of you have faithfully prayed in faith to our faithful God? I saw a couple hands go up, and they weren't boasting. They were just like, I've been doing it, and I'm thankful I've been doing it. I know that many of you have. I know that you have been faithfully praying in faith to our faithful God. And I'm thankful for your prayers and for you. And if you haven't been, I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. I'm just trying to invite you. You can pray. You can pray faithfully in faith to our faithful God. You can begin even now. And I encourage you to do that. Ministry is hard, it's hard for everybody. And I want you to understand ministry is not just ministers who are on staff at a church or stand behind a pulpit to preach. Ministers are every single Christian because we're all called to serve Christ. That's what the word ministry means. It means service. Ministry is hard. And the only way to be fruitful in ministry is to be prayerful. The only way to be fruitful in ministry is to be prayerful. And I know that many of you didn't just begin praying this past week. Some of you have been praying faithfully, in faith, to our faithful God for a long time. But church, if we're going to see God bear kingdom fruit, we're going to have to spend time with God in prayer. Ministry is hard because we are in a spiritual battle. The whole world, 1 John chapter 4 says... Lies under the sway of the evil one. And he is doing everything in his power to steal and to kill and to destroy. And he is trying to steal and kill and destroy what God is doing. Even here, In this church, if you are a Christian, then like it or not, you are in this war. And you need the power and armor of God in order to fight. If you have a Bible, I want to ask you to open to Ephesians chapter 6. Verses ten through eighteen. Ephesians chapter six, verses ten through eighteen. God's Word says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the schemes of the devil. Satan schemes with great strategy. If you read the Bible from front to back, you're introduced to him pretty early on, disguising himself as a serpent, the most crafty of any creature in the field. He has been on the prowl like a roaring lion, attacking even our church this week. But I want you to remember that at the end of this book, he is a defeated foe. Jesus has already won. Paul goes on to explain this battle, this spiritual fight in verse 12. And I want you to listen very carefully to God's word here. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. We do not fight against flesh and blood, I want you to understand this. In this spiritual war, we are not people fighting people. We are servants of Christ fighting the forces of darkness. And the forces of darkness manifest themselves in all kinds of ways. Even in the people that we love. Remember one of the first disciples that Jesus called? His name was Simon. Jesus changed his name and called him Peter. As he said he was a rock. At one point in Jesus' ministry, Peter, told Jesus, Jesus, you don't have to go the way of the cross. You're not going to die. You're not going to be arrested by the chief priests and scribes and delivered into the hands of sinners. There's no way that's going to happen to you. Do you remember what Jesus said to Peter in that moment? He said, get behind me, Satan. And I want you to understand, Peter was not Satan. Satan. But Satan, even through a disciple who dearly loved Jesus, and through a disciple whom Jesus loved dearly, spoke some words, and Jesus knew exactly where they had come from. They hadn't come from Peter's mouth. They had come from the enemy. And I'm sure as hard as it was for Peter to hear from the mouth of Jesus get behind me Satan I think Peter realized later on it was going to take a while you remember he denied Christ three times he was about ready to give up and went fishing after Jesus had resurrected it took Peter a little while to figure it out but he came to realize Jesus knew what he was doing. Even though I didn't, I had to trust him. We do not fight against flesh and blood. We do not fight against one another. We are fighting spiritual forces of the kingdom of darkness. We are not one another's enemies. People in this world are not our enemies. We are brothers and sisters in Christ, and there are people in this world who are still in darkness that Jesus wants to rescue from the darkness and bring to the light. So, how do we fight this battle and win? We stand. Verse 13. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, to stand. How do we stand? We don't stand in our own strength and power, we stand together. These commands are not just singular to individuals, they are plural to a church. We stand together. We stand in the power of God and with the full armor of God. Look at verse 14. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. The enemy's tactic is lies. God's power is truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness... The enemy's tactic is impurity. God's power is righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, the good news of peace. The enemy's tactic is bad news of confusion and chaos. God's power is the good news of his son Jesus Christ that brings peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. You have to believe in God and take the helmet of salvation. Be assured that you belong to Him as one of His own and that He is your God. Through faith in his son Jesus. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. You've got to be in God's word. And God's word has to be in you. Remember when Jesus fought Satan out in the wilderness. Tempted after his baptism. After 40 days of prayer and fasting. Man, believe me, if you hadn't eaten for 40 days, you'd be tempted to say and do some things you shouldn't say and do, wouldn't you? You remember when Jesus was tempted by Satan those three times? What did Jesus use in response to Satan every time Satan came after him? Scripture. He quoted it. He quoted it. He quoted again. We've got to be in God's Word and God's Word has to be in us. But this is where a lot of people stop reading this spiritual armor of God passage at verse 17. And they miss a key component of the armor of God. Verse 18 is a continuation of verse 17. And it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. John Bunyan called this piece of the armor all prayer. If you uh, have an older King James version, instead of saying, Praying always, or I guess after it, it says praying always, it does it in the New King James Version 2. Praying always with all prayer. All prayer. It's a very important piece of the armor of God. It's like air support in the thick of an ambush. And folks, I'm telling you, we have to faithfully pray pray in faith to our faithful God. That is the part of the full armor of God that I emphasized to you this morning. I called you to pray last week, I called you to pray this morning, I know you've been praying and I need you to continue to pray. Say, Jake, well how, how exactly do you want me to, to pray? It's a good question. And one of Jesus' disciples asked him that question in Luke chapter 11. Flip back there in your Bibles, Luke chapter 11 and verse 1. chapter 11 and verse 1, the, the Bible says, now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his Disciples. Jesus was a teacher, a rabbi. John the Baptist was a teacher, an unorthodox one, albeit, but he was a teacher. John the Baptist had taught his disciples how to pray. He shared with them prayers to say, things to say in prayer to God so that they communicate with the Lord on a regular basis. You guys remember John the Baptist? I know you didn't see him. Do you guys remember the stories? Unconventional man, wasn't he? Out in the wilderness. Wearing camel's hair. Eating locusts and honey. People really didn't know how to take him. Some people just got mad at him. Because, man, he preached with boldness and fire and indignation. He called people to task. And told them to bear fruit in keeping with repentance. That the spiritual life isn't just lip service. That it's giving one's all to the Lord. That it's turning away from sin. And totally trusting Him with everything. John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And he did exactly what God sent him to do. And many of John's disciples loved him. They wanted to keep following him. And they said, John, what are you doing, man? You're kind of fading to the background here. This guy, Jesus, is taking the spotlight. And John said, guys, Have you not been listening to me? I've been telling you that there's a person coming after me who's greater than I. I'm not even worthy to bend down and untie his shoelaces. To take his shoes off. To wash his feet, which is the lowest job of any servant in the household. I'm not even worthy to get him to that point. God sent me to prepare his way. And one day while John was preaching, he looked over and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And he pointed right at this man named Jesus from Nazareth. And for the rest of John's life, he pointed everybody to Jesus. For the rest of his ministry, he pointed everybody to Jesus. We don't know which one of these disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. But as I've read through this passage, I really can't help but think that it was one of those disciples that had been following John that John said, hey, you need, to, you need to follow Jesus. That's the one I've been pointing you to. And I think this disciple knew how John the Baptist had taught his disciples to pray. And I think this disciple knew, Lord Jesus, I need you To teach me to pray because John sent me to you John pointed me to you and I need you to point the way for me so Jesus taught them how to pray he said to them when you pray say our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us day by day our daily bread and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Do you see how Jesus ended his prayer? Do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Jesus was preparing his disciples for spiritual battle. There are some of you who have not been praying. and You've not been prepared for this spiritual battle. Satan has been at work. He wants to destroy what the Lord is doing. The only way he does not win is if we pray to the God who has already defeated him. Do you hear me? The only way he does not win is if we pray the God who has already defeated him. I'm going to share with you guys. Some news this morning. News that many of you have. Already heard this week news that many of you. Have not hurt at all. And church this is going to hurt. And I'm hurting too. We're going to hurt together. And we're going to ask the Lord to heal us together. Thursday morning of this week. Our youth minister, Coy Slusher, submitted his resignation letter. I know many of you have doubts and questions and fears and all kinds of thoughts running through your hearts and your minds. I called Coy yesterday morning just because I was still struggling. Coy told me on the phone that he does not want to get in the way of what God is doing. And I'm thinking, oh, this doesn't make any sense. I mean, my goodness. The Lord's been working through him and his ministry ever since he's been here. I'm going to share with you his letter. Dear Personnel Committee, Jake and First Baptist Church, please accept this letter as a formal notice of my resignation from my position as youth pastor. My last day of employment will be September 7th, 2023. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to work in this position for the past four and a half years. I've thoroughly enjoyed working here and appreciate all the opportunities and support everyone has given me. However, I have decided it is time for me to move on to my next challenge, I would like to do anything I can to help with the transition, including working with the next youth pastor if necessary. If I can be of any other assistance, please let me know. Thank you again for the opportunity, and I wish you and First Baptist Church all the best for the future. Yours sincerely. Coy Slusher, Jr. Folks, I'm telling you, the enemy has been at work this week. And I want you to understand something. The Lord loves every one of you. The Lord wants you to love each other. And if anyone in this room, if anyone in this room has anything against anyone, now is the time to handle it. I want you to hear me. I didn't plan to do this, but I think the Lord wants me to. If there is anyone that has anything against someone in this room, maybe they're not in this room, maybe they're at home, maybe they're on vacation, right now, right now, you need to get up and go talk to them. You need to get up and go in the hallway and talk on the phone. Anybody. And listen to me. I love this church. This church is so prideful many times that it is embarrassing to the Lord. You need to drop the nobility and pick up humility. If you got a problem with something that somebody said, you go talk to them. Brant shouldn't have called Bryson a midget today in the children's sermon. You heard it, didn't you? That's my son. He's not going to talk that way to our children's minister. I told him he owes Bryson an apology told him, and he's asked Bryson to forgive him. If you're here this morning, and you have said something you shouldn't have said to anyone about anything that has caused a problem, if you have misunderstood something that someone has said, and it has greatly offended you, I'm asking you to get up And go talk to them. I can't make you do it. But, church, the only way we move forward together is if we move forward together. And we can't do it if we're not united in heart and mind. Did you pay attention? to how Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Right before he said, do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. He said, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. The enemy wants to keep you in bondage. I told Stephanie, when we first moved here 15 years ago, that I felt like there was a blanket of spiritual darkness over this whole corridor of northeast Arkansas. Arkansas. Had somebody stop by the house yesterday to encourage me. He told me the same thing. Coy has been shining the kingdom of light, the gospel of Jesus, throughout his ministry. The light will continue to shine because the spotlight is on Jesus not on Coy spotlight wasn't on John the Baptist it's on Jesus and I'm going to share this with you this morning church I'm thankful for you praying for me and loving me and supporting me but I want you to hear this the spotlight is not on me it's on Jesus in fact I didn't plan to do this either hang on just a second you can pray while I do this. Need to need to move this out of the way here. don't worry, we can repaint walls. Some of you have been looking at the walls too long anyway. There we go. Let's get that where it belongs. I want you to hear me. Jesus is the center of it all. if he's not the center of it all, it's time that you stop looking at whatever you've been looking at and look at him. If you're in the way, it's time you get out of the way and you start pointing people to him. I heard a lot of people pray for preachers over the years before they would preach a sermon. God, as I preach today... Would you hide me behind the cross? Church isn't about any one man other than Jesus, it's about him. I'm confused and I'm perplexed. but I know that God has not abandoned me and I know he's not abandoned his church folks I know that we have an important vote on how and when to proceed with a youth building coming up at the end of this service I didn't feel right letting you vote especially after talking with some of our youth committee, I agree with them. We can't just ask the church to vote without sharing this news of Coy stepping down. But folks, I'm going to share with all of you the same thing I have shared with our long range and youth committees so many times that they're probably sick and tired of me saying it. I know, I know these three things To be true in this church, in the life of this church. One, I know that God led our long range committee years before I was born to purchase that block across that street. I know it. You need to hear the story sometime. Of One of our dear old saints who's in heaven with the Lord now, Mr. Larry Sloan, saying, I I think we need to purchase all of that. I know that God called Coy here to be our youth minister. I'm confused because he's not now, but I know God called him here. My goodness, I look over there at Willie and I know God called him here. I'm glad you're here, Willie. I know that God gave Coy a vision for a building on that parking lot. Did you hear what I said? I know that God gave Coy a vision for a building on that parking lot. And guys, I've seen it. I think some of you have seen it too. I can't make you see it. I've tried to paint the picture of a preferred future as best as I can. You say, Jake, uh, I don't even know if what you said just makes sense. You say, guys, I know those things to be true. <laughs> and I also want to share something with you this morning. Can we, can we put that picture, that vision back up on the screen there, Kennedy? The vision for our, our youth. Remember last week I had a few people help me out and they held up that big vinyl banner. I asked you if you saw the vision. You said, yeah. They dropped it on the ground. And I asked you if you still saw the vision. Guys, a building in that parking lot is a physical structure. The vision is seeing the next generation of people worship God and love people and serve both and make disciples. That is the vision. Some of you, a few weeks ago, you you saw this picture on the screen of how much money was in the youth building fund. You got that next picture, Kennedy? And you're like, yeah, right, ain't going to happen. I want to give you this bit of information, too, this morning. You show them that next picture? This is where we are this week. look at that picture thanks Kennedy, you can pull it off the screen I used that vinyl banner this week and set it out on a table, flipped it upside down I asked people to come by and pray For our church to pray for the vote this upcoming Sunday. I asked you guys to pray last week. I didn't know all this was going to happen this week. But I'm glad I asked you to pray. Because the Lord knows we needed it. When I went in Thursday afternoon to go roll that vinyl banner back up. So that we could set the the room back up. For tonight, I began to read the prayers that people had written on the back of that banner. And one of them caught my eye. And I'll be honest with you, I I debated about sharing this with you this morning, but I just feel like I need to. And the reason it caught my eyes is because it was one of the longer prayers on that banner. And the little name, M-O, was written underneath it. Mo is my oldest son, if you don't know. And guys, on Thursday afternoon, when my heart was at one of its lowest points of this entire week, I read this prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for our building that we can have service and first groups in. And I'm sure that you know we are going to build a youth building too. I pray that you will guide us to do what you want us to do with it. Thank you that we have great staff And committees that will arrange the plans that they think we need. And you tell us what we need. Thank you for our youth group that just keeps on growing. Please tell us what we need to do with the youth as well as the children's ministry. I thank you for our wonderful church. And we have great deacons and just the people in general that make up our church. Please help us to have wisdom and to love others as you loved us. Amen. And at the very top of his prayer, at the very top of his prayer, He wrote these words in quotations, I am the good shepherd and I will watch over you. Folks, I know I've shared a lot of information with you this morning and I've spent a lot of time praying about how to share this with you. I've just asked that God would guide my words. And I pray that you have heard him speak to your heart this morning. I know this is a lot. So church, I don't know what else to ask you to do, but to pray. We're going to have a song invitation this morning. you need to speak with me, I'll be right here. If you want me to pray specifically with you, I'll, I'll pray with you. this altars open it's your choice church the enemy's strategy is to divide and conquer in God's power we can be united in faith and love And we can move forward together. But the only way we move forward together is if we pray. Father God, I come to you now. And Lord, in all honesty, I think I've been way too emotional this morning. But God, you can work and move in spite of us. I simply just ask that you would. God, I want to get out of the way. I just want to let you move however you want to. you can be seated. We do have a motion on the floor of how and when to proceed with the youth building that is to be voted on this morning. And before I turn this over to our church moderator, Dr. Bob McGee. Wanted to let you know these few things, and if if he needs to to say something before we vote, he certainly will do so. First, you must be a church member to vote. If you're not a church member, I'd love to talk to you about that. Because we'd love for you to be here and be a part of this family. Second, a yes vote simply means that you want to move forward with this particular motion, that this is how and when you would like to proceed with the new youth building. If you do not like this particular motion, let me say this better. If you do not believe the Holy Spirit is leading our church in this particular direction, with this particular motion and you vote no, I want you to understand a couple of really important things. A no